is The Big Show with Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live today from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind, it's the warehouse. Come on by and see us. We still have some jazz gear for you, plus unbelievable boom deals for you. Take advantage of it here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. All right, right now we're uh, going to hear from Tom Homo momentarily, but first... We've got to give away tickets. That's right. BYU, Boise State. We have a pair of tickets. They could be yours if you are the 12th caller right now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. We're going to send you to see the Cougars take on the Broncos coming up tomorrow at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So, 12th caller, 855-340-ZONE. Earlier this week, DJ and PK had BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo on the air. And, oh, you know, it's not like that guy's been busy or anything over the past, oh, couple of years, really. But a lot going on at BYU. They're going to the Big 12. They've got a baller football season going on for the second year in a row. And uh, he was asked how he's handling everything going on down there. I mean, I know I've known you two for 20 years and – I think that the way we feel about it, I mean, everybody has their relative stress in their career. And I love what I do. Um, there are days that are stressful. But, like, right now, I think um, I, I think it was a great celebration. A lot of people had worked super hard over decades to make a lot of this stuff come true. And uh, we celebrated. Uh, and then we had to turn the page because we see what's facing us right now. So we have... Uh, uh, we're right in the midst of a very strong and difficult schedule and <clears throat> situations that are presenting ourselves with our football team. <clears throat> and uh, then the, the Big 12, there's a possibility <clears throat> two years from now, came to true, came to light. And so we've, I mean, I really have tried to turn the page and get back to the day-to-day um, enjoyment that I feel. This is my bliss. I love I love college athletics. I love the day-to-day. I love working with the individual athletes, the teams, and the coaches. We have a coaches meeting in about uh, half an hour, and I'm fired up for it. It's going to be great. So I, I think we got to turn the page and move on to the next thing, and we'll celebrate Big 12. Uh, well, we won't celebrate it again, but we'll be in the thick of things real quick. I know you know Chris Hill very well. I can remember talking to Chris. I can also remember you and I joking when you'd schedule these games that would be in the 2030s, and we'd laugh how the two of us would be wiping drool off our faces at that point. Uh, so we'll see what happens when we get there. But Chris Hill, I remember talking to him, and he was saying that when they went in the Pac-12, it felt like it was a revitalization for him personally on the job because he'd been in the WAC Mountain West for so long, and obviously you've been in the Mountain West independent so long, and now... Now, going forward, everything is going to be new, and you're probably already doing to some of it degree right now. Do you feel, in a sense, a revitalization as far as you personally in your job with all the excitement that's going that's happening now and is going to happen in the next couple of years? I, you know, I really don't know if I would call it 
revitalization, PK, because I, I feel that um, between the transfer portal and NIL and the, con- the, the Constitutional Convention in the NCAA right now, you better be on your feet every day. So I think I just wake up every morning and there's a new challenge there. Um, literally, things that have, are way more intense than they've ever been. Those are things that threaten the way that NCAA, call, I shouldn't say NCAA, college athletics has played. Those are factors that are super, super important right now. So we've marshaled all our forces here at BYU. Um, the, the Big 12 uh, joining that conference was part of the plan, and it's part of this uh, equation right now. So I, I don't really think I feel revitalized. I just feel like there's a lot going on, and it's all, all pretty good. Some of it's pretty bad. <laughs> Some of it's pretty good. So this is going to be really different when you get into the Big 12 for uh, just the amount of travel going to West Virginia and, and, and UCF. Uh, the financial level you'll have to compete at will be different. How do you prepare everyone for this? I mean, some things about BYU will always be the same, but some things are about to be very different. How do you, how do you prep the whole staff for that? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Chris Hill and I had a conversation over the weekend and uh, it just was by chance, and it was a really great conversation. But we need to continue. I think I could learn a few things from how that transition came and how they did that. Because, quite frankly, we haven't done that um, in a situation where we went. Well, we did it with the, the WCC, but it, it, it didn't involve football. We had independence and then the conf, our teams going into the WCC. So... I think that it'll be something that we'll all have to learn how to do it. We'll have to figure out what's right. I've been talking with the athletic directors from the Big 12 kind of casually and informally, not nothing formally yet. But those are things that will come up soon. And I, I think that Chris Hill, who's, uh, you know, I've, I've known for many, many years, he'll be able to help me on that. I don't know if safeguarding is the right phrase to use, Tom, but what are you doing now to make sure when that time comes that you hit the ground running? Because we know Utah had a couple losing seasons in football, and basketball really hasn't taken off. They took off a little bit, uh, but then they've they've slumped. To make sure that you're in the position that the athletic uh, department is basically humming along at the pace it needs to be because where much is given, much is going to be expected going forward. I think there's a couple ideas that are we're working on right now. I think the first and most important is personnel. We have to have the right people in the right places, whether it's in the athletic department or in the coaching staffs or in the you know, player personnel with all of our different teams. And we have two years of competition to be able to work through those issues with an eye on that. It reminds me, when I, when I went to the 49ers as a coach, in 1994, they had lost to the Dallas Cowboys for two consecutive years in the NFC Championships game. They were a really good team, but they could not get past that. And they brought in um, back Ray Rhodes as defensive coordinator. And we looked at personnel in the coaching staff in all of our individual players. And the focus of attention is how 
in the world are we going to beat Dallas? So if your left tackle can't beat, uh, offensive tackle cannot keep the defensive end from Dallas out of the backfield, we can't beat them. It was micro strategy. And and that's all we did. Everything, every single thing we did all day was not about the NFC West. It was about beating Dallas. And I, I love the focus. I was able to experience that. And we've done that on a few occasions here where we have certain things that we have to overcome. Goliaths we got to beat. And it's hard. You have to focus all your attention on it. There are some things that we're looking at, right? The second would be strategy. Once you get the right personnel, then there is there are some strategic things that we're going to do a little bit different. They're they're just different. It's because of the scope and scale of how things are, and we have to learn those because they're not like in a book somewhere where you can just go to a checklist of things to do. And then resources is the third. That's something where we have to really pay attention and be uh, you know reallocate our resources and be able to make sure that we do the right thing when we use this, these valuable um, funds that the donors and season ticket holders and corporate sponsors uh, entrust to us. That was a thorough and detailed answer, but in my scrambled brain, Tom, all I heard was Ray Rhodes brought in Deion Sanders. I can't wait to see how Deion's going to be used when he comes to Provo. Well, you, you, that's a very good point that you made. That was one <laughs> of the things that made a difference. And, you know, we it's, we've got here – playing with certain personnel and the question is, and the, the point that we, we've already started talking about is you know, focus your attention the, the kids we, I always believe that uh, BYU's core personnel are the student athletes high school kids from the state of Utah that are just true blue Cougar fans that from the time they grow up maybe they're legacy kids from uh their moms and dads being at the at BYU, and you have to have that core. We believe in that core. We've won with that core, but you have to complement it with uh, stronger and better players. So we're gonna. We, we've always had complementary players that aren't from the state that have helped us in immense ways, and so we're gonna have to do a better a, a better job. We've done a really good job. It's like good, better, best. We got to really pick up our. Um, focus and uh, evaluation and the ability to recruit kids to come in here and compete at the highest level. Football scheduling obviously has been so paramount for you this last decade, and now uh, it, it's going to be in a different manner in terms of how you're going to figure out which games you're going to keep with the non-conference and whether they go nine or, or eight or nine or whatever it might be, conference games. I don't know that you know the answer to that. But what's going to be the criteria? You already announced the Notre Dame game, which obviously is a no-brainer as far as what you do to decide which teams you're still going to be able to schedule in the non-conference. Well, the first thing we do is we look at our contracts, and, and we have some many varying and widely different contracts with different teams. Those were contracts that took a long time to put together and schedules that took a long time to get together, and now some of those will have to unwind. So we're in the process of that right now, looking at each individual year and the games that will fit into the schedule of a Big 12, which we don't know yet. You asked that question, and it's not known yet. Nobody, right. they, they haven't determined that. But we'll, we're in that process right now. So you you look out and pick a year, and you see that, obviously, in the past, we had to find games 
in September, October, and November. Now you're probably going to have to find most of your games in September, and maybe we'll find out there may be availability for games later in the uh, schedule, later in the year in football fall. So those are things that we're working through at this point in time. The answers are coming. They're not all there yet, but we're at it every day. You probably get asked all the time about how you're going to prioritize in-state games with Utah and Utah State. I can save you some time at golf courses and grocery stores. If, if you have an answer now, you could get it out there and get people off your back. Yeah, I don't think the answer is there right now, but I think everybody has figured it out that there are possibly three or four games in given years. And you look at the contract years and where they're at, where, they, where you can be, can they move? I mean, that's one of the things that is a, a difficulty is right now, would those schools be able to move? And if you were to look at our schedule as an independent, we had a lot of flexibility because we were independent and we could move around. We didn't have conference rules about that. So you would see BYU moving games around like maybe six months in, pre, in, in advance of a season, which is unheard of. We just had flexibility to do that, and we figured it out working with ESPN and Dave Brown. But now um, you won't have as much flexibility playing within a conference. So all of those things will work themselves out in the very near future. What is your bowl situation for this season, and how could it change if the team continues as it is? We are um, contracted to play in the Independence Bowl. Um, unless we were to be invited to a, a New Year's Day, New Year's Six Bowl, or or uh, you know, something like that, so okay. that's that's a that will happen based on how we continue on with the season. Tom, you're taking a little time out to talk with us because you know you got a lot of BYU fans listening and they crave answers on all these questions. But it's also National Football Foundation, the golf tournament here. You got a lot on your plate. Why do you set aside a time for the National Football Foundation? What do you find valuable about your association with these folks? Well, it really starts back in when I was in high school, living in the San Gabriel Valley down in Southern California. And I was selected to that National Football Foundation scholar-athlete team. There's chapters all over the country. And what they do is they, they choose, um, uh, in the state of Utah, we pick about 11 or 12 players every year. And it's based on their, their leadership, their scholarship, and their athletic ability. you gotta, you got to be all state in order to be on that team. And I remember how I felt when I was um, selected to that team. I had put in a ton of work, and uh, our team had had success, and I was selected to one of those teams. And when I came to Utah and saw that they had that, it was something I felt was really important. Uh, The state of Utah, the football in the state of Utah right now for high school is very, very good. And I think that the college football teams have benefited from it tremendously. So part of it is just doing service for the high schools and, and for these young men who really deserve a chance at recognition. And then the second part is that I think it builds football in the state of Utah for the colleges. And I think it builds it across the country. The National Football Foundation is an organization that honors the Hall of Fame also for college football. And BYU has um, a number. I think we have eight um, collegiate Hall of Fame uh, coaches and players. And it's a great organization that 
that really focuses on amateur football, which has blessed the lives of so many of us. And so I'm in. I can do this. It's a little bit of time, but it's worth it. There you go. That's uh, Tom Holmo, BYU Athletic Director. A lot going on, certainly, in that building down there in Provo uh, in preparations to make the move to the Big 12. Of course, uh, a major question that uh, I'm sure he has asked all the time, who, uh, what contracts will BYU keep going forward and what will they not? And as those guys talked about, we have no idea how many games the, the Big 12 is even going to play when it is uh, you know, in its future form, I guess, with its uh, its total members. I I would guess they're going to go with eight, leaving room for four non-conference games, which would probably be ideal to BYU because they would be able to keep Boise State more frequently, Utah and Utah State more frequently, uh, and any other big games maybe they've scheduled going forward that they want to keep on the schedule. Um you know, I, I have no doubt that some of the smaller schools and smaller contracts which they've made and uh, will will go by the wayside. But I'm sure that they want to keep it. Well, let me put it this way. We know that BYU and Boise State like playing each other. We know that. I mean, for a lot of really good reasons. We know BYU and Utah like playing each other. I, we've talked about this, that BYU and Utah State, that rivalry has become even better over the last 10 years of, of independence because they've played it consistently. And Utah State has put together a program at times to make the, the rivalry much, much more competitive. I There are no... I, I'm sure that BYU wants to continue those relationships as much as possible going forward. And maybe there's not the um, desperation to do so that there is an independence because Tom Homo has to schedule so many games. But I'm sure the desire to keep those games going is there. And then much like we've seen with Utah, also the desire to use some of those games uh, for some more. Uh, for some other interesting opponents like Utah is going to do uh, with Florida or like Utah did with Michigan, you know, several years ago, that they're going to want to play those games too. So where's the balance? How often are we going to see these football games that we enjoy so much? And we'll get more into um, the Utah, uh, USC, and BYU-Boise State coming up right around the corner. I'll try and uh, throw my predictions out there and uh, and reasoning for what we're going to what we're going to see this weekend. But I'm guessing that they want to play those games still as frequently as they possibly can. So it'll be interesting to see what exactly happens going forward. And even though Tom Holmo's uh, job when it comes to scheduling uh, changes significantly, it doesn't mean it's. You know, it's it's complicated in a different way now because then you have to hit the sweet spot with uh, challenging schedule, interesting games, and also what's best for your team as far as setting them up for success going forward. As opposed to independence, where it, it really and it, it's not this simple, I realize, but it's been you know schedule as many tough games as you can because that's how you remain relevant on the national stage, and then you know mix in some others as well. But it, it it'll be a different animal going forward, that's for sure. All right, joining the show. Now we are at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, right here in Salt Lake. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Clayton is on with us once again. Clayton, hello. What's up, Jake? Let's sell some bunk beds. All right. What do you think about that? I love it. That's a great idea. And those are tough. Uh, I know, Clayton, those are tough to come by a lot of times, and you guys have them. That's right. This week we went out and fought for a deal. I was called... Uh, this week and told about the told about the bunk beds. We pulled the trigger. These are wood bunk beds. 
we're famous at the warehouse for selling the metal frame bunk beds cheaper than anybody. But on this deal, we got wood, solid wood bunk beds. They're normally $700 bunk beds. We have them in stock starting at 249 That's 250 bucks for a bunk bed that's normally $700. And guess what? You don't have to play any secret trick. We have it in stock. You don't have to wait three weeks or put a down payment and then wait your 30 days, 12 days. We have them. Come look at them, buy them, take them today. We also have the California King Pillow Top Mattress. This is a normal $2,000 mattress. We got them in. We're selling them at $7.99. Throw out your old mattress, come in, and for less than $800, you're getting a brand-new California Pillow pillow Top uh, mattress. California King Pillow Top uh, mattress. I don't know why California King has been so hard for me to say, but California King Pillow Top mattresses, $7.99. Don't forget the Split King Adjustable Base. It's our bread and butter. We're the best price in town, not only in town, but in the region. We're famous for doing come in, buy the base. You can choose from our three free options as a mattress. And if you don't want the free option, obviously you can upgrade. But with that, buy the base and the free mattress. We're at $16.99. That's two bases because in the King, it's split. Two bases, head up, foot up, with the two remotes, all the bells and whistles, $16.99, and you get that free mattress. And, of course, we also have the queen head up and foot up as well, starting at $15.99. Same deal. No gimmicks, no game. Buy the, buy the base. You can choose from that free mattress option as well. Only at the warehouse in Salt Lake City on 300 West, just in front of Costco. Boom. Boom, indeed, Clayton. There you go, 1825 South, 300 West. In fact, uh, we've got a listener in here right now just uh, checking out the Max Special, getting uh, getting uh, test driving the adjustable bed, so to speak. So you can do the same, 1825 South, 300 West. It's the warehouse. Coming up next, we'll talk some college football right here on the big show, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Joined now by BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo. What are you doing now to make sure when that time comes that you hit the ground running? I think there's ideas that we're working on right now. The first and most important is personnel. We have to have the right people in the right places. And we have two years of competition to be able to work through those issues. Second would be strategy. There are some strategic things that we're going to do a little bit different. It's because of the scope and scale of how things are. And then resources is the third. That's something where we have to really pay attention and be able to make sure that we do the right thing when we use these valuable funds that the donors and season ticket holders and corporate sponsors entrust to us. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I'm Big show. Jake Scott with you live from the warehouse. Drop on by and see us. 
1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It is the warehouse. Uh, we've got uh, a great listener in right now getting a um, Coach Max special, checking out the adjustable beds. Head up, foot up, adjustable bed uh, for just nineteen ninety nine, including the mattress. You're not going to find a deal like that anywhere else on the planet but here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. All right. Let's talk a little college football. And, Lloyd, I want to include you on the discussion, of course. Uh, and, and let's start with BYU and Boise State and what exactly we expect coming up uh, tomorrow out of that game. Now, Coach Mack was here uh, with us on a football Friday. He is hearing, he said very definitively, might I add, Lloyd, Jaron Hall will be the guy at quarterback for BYU tomorrow against Boise State. Now, I'm on record saying that regardless of who starts at quarterback, I think that BYU wins by double digits uh, tomorrow against Boise. If Jaron Hall uh, is able to go and healthy enough to to perform, um, that, I guess, just solidifies that opinion, I suppose. I still don't know if we know exactly you know, how good Conover is quite yet. It was so dialed down there against Utah State. But I'm sticking with it regardless of the quarterback. I think BYU runs the football a ton tomorrow against Boise, and I think they win by 10. I think the defense stands up against Boise's offense. Boise isn't going to have uh, the time of possession to score a bunch of points. I think BYU wins going away. What do you think, buddy? Uh, well, I predicted 24-20 earlier in the week, and I think I'm going to stick with that. you got it close. B- BYU wins it, and that's because they have an absolute horse back there running it with uh, Tyler Algier. And, uh, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I'm not convinced that Jaron Hall is going to be playing, but, hey, Coach is much more you know connected and dialed in the, the, than I am. So, um I, I'm wondering, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, I think BYU could, but I just think if it's if it's if it's Conover, I think it's going to be a lot closer because I think we saw how dialed down that offense was in that second half. And I'm sure they've been working with with him, but if it's if it's him that's out there, then it's going to be a little. I think it's going to be a little tighter. Okay. I well, let, let me put it this way: if it, if it is going to be tight, I think it's because Boise scores a bunch of points. So I would think it would be more maybe in the 30s, and it's a different type of of game maybe than I'm expecting. If it's and maybe it maybe it's close. I mean, hey, don't forget there's there's a little bit of weather going going to be going on tomorrow too. So uh, I think there's supposed to be uh, some some rain and stuff like that. So it could it could make it a little bit sloppier of a game. Here, let me let's let's Google. Where's where's our friends uh, over there at the uh, the KSL? weather center when you need them right uh right. let's see here let me click on tomorrow in provo what time's kickoff uh, there lloyd isn't it at 1 30 1 30 so yeah let's see here 35 percent chance of rain 51 degrees 73 percent humidity wind six miles an hour so yeah, that could be an issue. That works into BYU's favor, though, don't you think? I think so. With 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 the with the running, it that'll that's that's just why I think it's going to be. It could, the game could be a little bit sloppier. That's why I have it a little bit. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring, and so 
But yeah, it does work in their favor, and that's why I think they'll win. Yeah, I just don't think they're gonna. I, personally, I don't think they're gonna be. They're gonna win it going away. I think it'll it'll right. be a, it'll be a little bit tense in the fourth quarter. I'm saying they win it by ten at least. And I here's my other prediction, Lloyd. And believe it or not, this is not very bold given what Boise State has done this year. But BYU will have over two hundred total rushing yards tomorrow against the Broncos. Okay. I like that. What are the chances that there is a lightning delay? Because there's been oh, a lot of those this stop year. Stop it, Lloyd. Stop it. You're just jinxing it. Now it's for I'm, sure I'm going not jinxing anything. I'm just it's saying. It's for sure going to happen now. Way you, to you, go. Does it seem like there's, there's there's been a lot of lightning delays Even this year? Even when the games are indoors, I know lightning delays. Because that mean, makes sense. It makes total sense. I'm just saying. I, if that watch. happens, it's your fault, buddy. That's that's on you. I'm calling. I'll take you. that. That's fine. All right. Uh, Utah USC. Now speaking of Coach Mack, he thinks the USC is very overrated, and Coach Mack sees Utah winning. I don't know. I don't know if I'd characterize Coach Mack as saying they'd win easily, but he was very confident in a Utah victory, and I. I don't know which what it's impossible to know what to expect from this game because USC is extremely um, up and down. When they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're really bad. And Utah is dealing with off the field stuff that is just uh, unfathomable. Well, I don't want to use that word because I'm going to butcher it. Uh, un, uh, you know, impossible to predict. How about that? Or it's very difficult. What they're dealing with off the field, of course, is just, I mean, I don't know how that's that's going to go. So I really have no idea what to expect from this game, Lloyd. But Coach Mack's confidence, I thought, I thought that was interesting. My question is, can Utah score enough points to win? Because if you can't put up a ton of points on Washington State, I'm – I'm quite concerned. But maybe TJ Pledger is the guy running back and they get something going running downhill at USC and they can put the points on the board. But I oh, I'm not convinced they can. I I'll tell you what, I'm going to be rooting for them to 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 have a a good strong game because that team that that team for everything that they've gone through right now, like I, I I'm I'm going to be openly rooting for that. Like I like really they need some. They need something good right now. Like, right. And if they, if, you know what, I'll tell you what. Uh, back when you know USC was going through this, going through like a coaching change, and that place was an absolute mess. Coach Mack was dialed into that USC team, and I know you remember yep. when. And, he, and he's all, oh, watch out! These guys are are ready, and they came out and slapped Utah right in the face. And and throttled them. I think that was when they they had uh, oh what was that linebacker that had like three interceptions. Oh yeah, picked off Travis Wilson, uh, Cam Smith. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was that game, and it was like whoa, because I mean Utah was picked was favored in that game, um, and sure enough, you know, and, and like I said, coaches he's dialed into that. So if he's got a good feeling about that, that bodes well for the Utes. I would say that uh, that probably bodes uh, well for the Utes. Mac knows this stuff. I, all right, Lloyd, I, I'm going to go. It's Friday. You know, I, I'm going with the, the positive energy on this. I'll go with the Utes over USC and that that uh, that they can direct some of that energy they've got going from the Aaron Lowe situation. Have it be a galvanizing thing and figure out a way to spin that into a positive performance. Maybe maybe that's because it could go either way right and you couldn't blame Utah if it went the other way too but I'll say that I'm I'm with you that they use it as a way to to galvanize things to bring it all together and go out there for a positive performance and we talked to Cole Fotheringham earlier in the week and as he told us you know USC when they're when they're 
up when they're in front they're pretty tough but when they they're down they let it spiral on them so maybe utah jumps on them early hits them with a good run game and uh, usc just decides that uh, they're going to pack it in and, and uh, play another day yeah and i'll i'm gonna be there with you i think i'm gonna i'm gonna pick them to win and like you like you know just because i think there's gonna be some so they're going to turn somehow turn some things around, you know, and, and and the Utes typically they find a running back and and it's maybe this is the time. Maybe they found him. Maybe they've I know they've said this a few times this, this year, but maybe they finally found their man. And if that's the case, then it very well could go the Utes way. Well, they got to find their guy. And and, you know, maybe it is Makai Bernard and uh he he takes back that gig, but the way that uh, that Pledger played against Washington State, I think he should get ample opportunity against USC. And as Coach Mack told us, if if USC is as not capable up front as they have been so far this year, then maybe that's the recipe for Utah getting that that running attack back on track and uh, getting a guy going, identifying RB1, and uh, and making it happen. So, all right, we'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. We are live at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Come on by. We do have uh, some jazz gear left if you want to pick that up or uh, simply check out uh, great deals, best deals on the planet when it comes to furniture here at the Warehouse. More next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes look to pick up their first ever win in the Coliseum as they hit the road to square off against the Trojans of USC. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 5 o'clock with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Want to remind you about the Utah Snowmobile Show. Come see the latest sleds, trailers, and gear Friday and Saturday, October 15th and 16th at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy, the Utah Snowmobile Show. All right, uh, Lloyd, Footloose. Uh, We have Kenny Loggins uh, today, selected by our guy Tom. Uh, By the way, that's brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, go to livenation.com. Uh, but let me let me ask you this, uh, Lloyd. Footloose is that the most iconic movie to be filmed in Utah? E- yes, I'm gonna say yes. All right, that movie's huge. Uh, it is. Sorry, I'm I'm failing to think of some other. You know, there's been a lot of stuff that's been filmed here, so. Uh, but I'm going to say, the and that one's, it's one that has held up really well. Um, I'm going to say yes. So I would say yes. My answer is no, actually. But I, I would say yes in a movie that's not utilizing the Utah, like, 
beauty scenery. Does that make any sense? Like, I think the answer is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Okay. But that that was amazing because of all the scenery and where they're riding and the chase scenes and all that stuff and, the, and, and, and all the mountains. Footloose, it's not... I don't know. I, I'm trying to justify it here. I would go with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Johnny, say, what are you saying, Johnny? Johnny, uh, our on-site engineer here at the I would I would say either the Sandlot or Friday the 13th. I didn't know Friday the 13th. You yeah. know, I've never seen Yeah, Friday. you know, I've actually seen the cabin that that was film, filmed at, actually. It's up uh, near out past Camas, um, but I have seen it. I've seen the, the, the actual cabin where that was filmed mm-hmm. at. But no, I'm not going to say Friday the 13th. Planet of the Apes? I would say... The original? I, I, the original. I somewhat wow. agree with your Sandlot. Your Sandlot's pretty big. Sandlot, my, that, might be, that might be a pretty good answer. It's a pretty yeah. iconic film. I think more people seen Footloose, though. Probably more people have seen Footloose. That is true. See, Butch Cassidy, like, I, like, it's not like I, I don't drive somewhere and be like, wow, this is where Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid was filmed. But every time I've passed those roller mills, I think... Footloose, yep. bam, right there. Yeah, but didn't Robert Redford enjoy his experience filming that movie so much that's the reason he moved here mm-hmm. and started the Sundance Film Festival? I think so. So that's, right. that's an impactful filming right there. I'm sure we're missing something. The the uh, the third Indiana Jones, all the, the, right? the River Phoenix The River scenes, Phoenix stuff, yeah. That was all in Utah, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Southern Utah. Yeah, that was all in, in Southern Utah. So the, the the movie Species, I think that's the winner. Uh, have feel- you ever seen that Christopher McQuarrie movie, The Way of the Gun? That no. Was in, that was that's in Utah. One. The opening scene there is at Bricks. The Real, old Bricks. The, the club? If you remember the old Bricks. Yeah. Yes. Wiped out by the tornado. I've got a I've got a my buddy texting me that says uh, high school musical. Yeah, East High. Wasn't hmm. uh, wasn't Dave Fox in that movie or one of those movies? Yeah, yeah. Am I remembering that right? It wasn't Dave in one of those movies. I remember when they were filming those movies because what were the 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 teen stars in those movies? The, Zac Efron. Zac Efron and what was the gal's name? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember anyone else. <clears throat> but they'd go to jazz games. They'd be at jazz games all the time when they were in town filming it. Nice. They'd, yeah, they'd they'd all go to the jazz games and get good seats and. Everybody give them a wave. And was it touch, Touched by an Angel? Wasn't that filmed that here? That was all filmed here. That's not yeah. a movie, but yes, that was all filmed here. Lloyd was a big Touched by an Angel fan. Really? I have no idea. Lloyd? <laughs> uh, so, yes, Lloyd confirms. He yes, confirms. Big, big Touched by an Angel fan. What was her name? Roma Downing? Angela Bassett? No. Was it Bassett? You have a real knack for throwing to me when I'm trying to call somebody for answering a phone call. Hey, I know you're a part of the the Touch by an Angel fan club. It's all right. I'm sure you were an extra on the show uh, or something. But, yeah. Yellowstone. Oh, I love that show. Actually, it was was an extra. I wish it uh, was still filmed here. That's not true, Lloyd. You you actually were an extra on Touch by an Angel. Yes, I was. No, stop it. Are you serious? I am serious. You're not serious, dude. I, I've got I've got the clip at my house. Don't I'll show give you. me that. Uh, you you have duped me way too many times with your okay. silly. Just make it. You're on your game, man. You're on your game. Actually, I was an extra on Touched by an Angel. You were not. Touched by an Angel was Della Reese. Della Reese and Valerie Bertinelli. Yeah. Wasn't that gal's name Roma Downey? And Roma Downey. Yeah, yes, well, she was the star. And John Die. All right. There you go. Uh, you know what's interesting about him? Nothing. Joining the show now. We're live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. He is our friend Clayton. Clayton, were you a big Touch by an Angel fan? 
you know, it was actually filmed in my neighborhood. So growing up, I was obsessed with watching the the crew vans and how they would go up and get food and the set and watching them. They filmed it. So, yeah, I see, loved it. See, Lloyd, I would buy that Clayton was an extra untouched by an angel, but there's no way that Lloyd Cole was an extra I was, untouched I by was an too, angel. I was too young, but I was definitely in high school musicals filmed at my high school, that's for sure. Hey, we were just talking about the most uh, iconic movies to be filmed in Utah, and somebody brought up high school musicals. So there you go. You're a part of history. Boom. Boom. All right, let's let's blow some minds, Clayton. We've got great deals. We've had listeners coming in, taking advantage, grabbing those adjustable beds. What are we getting to now? Queen bedroom sets. I have five-piece and seven-piece bedroom sets. It's the whole deal. I even have the mattress included starting at eleven ninety nine. That's everything you need for a queen bedroom. Let's say you have a guest bedroom that you've been wanting to furnish, or let's say, you know, you just got your own spot. Queen size five piece and seven piece bedroom set starting at eleven ninety nine. Of course we have the king, the split king adjustable bed. That's the two bases, the two remotes, and a free mattress, obviously it's two free mattresses on each base, with the purchase of a base at sixteen ninety nine. And of course we're also doing the queen adjustable base at fifteen ninety nine. With the purchase of the base you also get a free mattress. You can get your your guest bedroom with the queen bedroom set and a queen adjustable base for less than twenty one hundred sorry, I said that wrong. For nineteen ninety nine you can get an entire guest bedroom with the, the queen bedroom set and the queen adjustable base with the free mattress for only nineteen ninety nine. Only at the warehouse in Salt Lake City. Don't forget, we're open, even with the silly construction. Don't worry about it. I would take the 21st South exit, then come around the corner of Home Depot. We're right in front of Costco. We would love to earn your business. Boom. Boom, indeed. 1825 South, 300 West. Thank you, Clayton. We'll have more of the big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.